You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. In this world of turmoil, you're struggling to find energetic balance, and you panic because your spirituality is not where you desire it to be. Yet creating a powerful foundation of empowerment is what you know you can achieve. Hi, I am Martin Neal Campbell, author of the book Receiving the Gift We Give, which is available on Amazon eBooks and my website, receivingthegiftwegive.com. I invite you to uncover your power and greatly expand your energies by embracing your divine self. Sovereign Self is about individual empowerment and freedom. In exploring this sovereign self, our discussions will encompass self-love, oneness, and diverse spiritual understandings as life is a journey of expansion which never ends. Join author Martin Neil Campbell, trainer and business facilitator Karen Murphy, and spiritual archaeologist Ron Mayer as their discussions help lead their listeners into an ever-expanding journey of peace, love, joy, and freedom to become who you desire and be your sovereign self. Welcome to Sovereign Self. I am your host, Martin Neil Campbell, and you're two fabulously divine and absolutely wonderful and understanding. Co-hosts are Ron Mayer and Karen Murphy. Say hello, guys. <laughs> hello, everybody. Hi, folks. <laughs> if you didn't guess by that last word used on this program, our expression of love that we're going to talk about is understanding. Now, as usual, I went to the dictionary. I'm looking at my definitions, and there's so many words I crossed out. I'm debating whether I'll put them in or not, just because they're horrible. The first definition I read was the ability to understand something, comprehension, which is fairly straightforward. The second one was the power of abstract thought, intellect. And I went, okay. Then the next one said an individual's, sorry, an individual's perception or judgment of a situation. And I crossed out or judgment. And then the fourth one was sympathetic awareness or tolerance. And I crossed out tolerance. None of them quite get to understanding as an expression of love. And it's interesting. Some of the quotes I got, and unfortunately I have a lot for you tonight because I like them all. And my first quote goes to that famous line, what we don't understand, we fear. And uh, Marie Curie, who was a scientist back in the early 1900s, said, nothing in life is to be feared. It is only to be understood. Now is the time to understand more so that we may fear less. And I like that one. My second quote points to a common reaction when we don't understand or have never experienced something. And it was from a movie, a uh, character in, you'll probably recognize, Lemony Snicket. And it's just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it isn't so. And that speaks volumes to me as well. Now, my third quote highlights how love and understanding are intertwined. John Steinbeck said, try to understand men. If you understand each other... <laughs> Just like I had to laugh. Oh, yeah, I know. He means it in a generic sense. If you understand each other, you will be kind to each other. Knowing a man well never leads to hate and almost always leads to love. Now, Robert Frost, and I think a lot of people remember him, but wrote many books. He said about understanding, how many things have to happen to you before something occurs to you? <laughs> I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> Get close, Martin. Uh, there were so many, I liked so many. And this one was by Dovskievsky. And it said, Nothing is easier than to denounce the evildoer 
Nothing is more difficult than to understand them. I like that. And the last one I'll read is by John O'Donohue. And it says, Love allows understanding to dawn, and understanding is precious. When you are understood, you are at home. Understanding nourishes belonging. When you really feel understood, you feel free to release yourself into the trust and shelter of the other person's soul. And that one I like as well. Mm. It's interesting, from my perspective, each step of personal expansion leads you to changing your view of the world and life. You're not having expansion, I don't believe, unless that happens. And this can only happen and be achieved through gaining an understanding. It's my most reverent, I'll put it that way, desire that you, our listeners, continue to find new understandings and that you will expand your views about you and life. This is an ever more important aspect of understanding that people have overlooked. And I've written talked about what I would call our core drivers in past books, magazine articles, and on radio programs. And I would say that each of our core drivers is powered by love. And in case you don't know, the core drivers are love, unity, understanding, joy, and freedom. The core drivers have been designed for each of us to use, as they can only be developed and driven from within us. They come from within us, and none are located outside of us. Accessing your core drivers means you are coming from your heart, and your heart never closes, and it is there to provide you with a permanent access, I believe, to universal energies. And universal energies are the creative energies, and all creative energy is based on the energy of love. And from love, the rest of the core drivers are derived, which, as I said, includes unity, understanding, joy, and freedom. But without love, none of these are possible. It's interesting that as a core driver, I've built two definitions of understanding. One is more from a personal to external point of view, and it is your ability to bring sympathy, consideration, empathy, kindness, appreciation, and knowledge into a subject area or situation. And you may only gift understanding when you have the ability to perceive, interpret, grasp, comprehend, recognize, and explain somebody else's nature, character, beliefs, fears, and desires. And it is understanding that brings unity, joy, and freedom to you, to all of us, everyone. And the opposite of understanding, of course, is ignorance in all its forms. Now, understanding as a core driver encompasses our emotional body, our mind, and knowledge. These parts of us involve the divine will and our connection to mind, as well as to universal consciousness, which is divine spirit. But both divine will and divine spirit can be harmoniously joined and balanced in the heart by love. Uh -huh. And, as I said, love is the creative energy. If you wish to maximize energetic and spiritual growth, I have found it best to move towards balancing divine will and divine love in the heart. Anchor your dreams, visions, feelings, and energy through an understanding of how our energies and the universe work together. Because if you don't have any understanding, you'll find it very difficult to move into a space of balance. There is another aspect, as I said, two definitions of understanding. The other one is more of an internal one. And from an internal perspective, I would say understanding is your ability to bring awareness and forgiveness to yourself. And I'd say forgiveness is key, as you must understand that any experience 
is an event from which you can learn and expand your understanding of who you are. And this is your choice to make. And once you understand the gift that you are, you internally create appreciation, knowing, and confidence in who you're being. And feeling unworthy will be seen as an illusion at that point, self-created through believing and accepting what others have told you. You will begin to gift this to yourself when you have the ability to perceive, interpret, grasp, comprehend, recognize, and explain the origins of your intuition, consciousness, feelings, and emotions. Further, you will then understand how and why you have accepted the illusions of others, and you will understand why you no longer take them as your own. And again, internally, the opposite of understanding is still ignorance in all its forms. From an internal perspective, the core drivers flow from one to the other and build a strong personal foundation for who we are. As an example, when we apply true loving understanding to ourselves and accept and forgive what many call our transgressions against others, we can remove guilt, shame, and fear from our lives. And when we do this, we are indeed receiving the gift we are. There are a few things in life that are more liberating than forgiving, accepting, and loving who you are, which is all driven through you understanding you in an ever-expanding personal universe. And that's my introduction to understanding. Different take? Any comments? Any thoughts? <laughs> so I like where you were going when you were mentioning spirit and will and bringing in the concept of feeling towards understanding for for my point of view it's almost like you have to feel the truth in order to know what it is and knowing and understanding are so interconnected in that sense mm -hmm. that it's for me it's all it also embraces the ability to be able to expand beyond your regular boundaries in order to know what the bigger picture is for instance you can have a whole collection of facts but unless you have the heart to be able to pull all of those facts in together to make a connected whole, you will not understand what those facts could potentially mean. And you could have a whole bunch of knowledge, but then you might not understand what to do with it. Understanding gives you the ability to act with wisdom mm -hmm. because I... you have all of the facts. Yes. So it's almost like knowledge is just fact collecting. It doesn't necessarily mean that you understand what it is that you're collecting. It's like memorization, for instance. Schools today, they demand that our children memorize a lot of things. Mm. But if you ask them anything in regards to critical thinking with regards to what they've memorized, they'll give you a blank look of lack of understanding. So it's almost a piece of digesting it, right, Ron? And sense, letting yeah. those, if, if yeah. I understood you correctly, you can have all of this information and mm -hmm. fact, but mm -hmm. if it's all just spaghetti, it doesn't yeah. make much sense. And it doesn't make almost, any sense. Yeah, yeah, it's almost that digestion yeah. and, and just absorbing it, right? Yeah. And and here's, here's, another, here's another little example here. A child, for instance, is walking through the garden, and it's been a particularly hot day, and the flowers look wilted, decides to grab a hose, and he starts to water the flowers. Well, someone who looks at that would say, it's not the flowers that you need to water, beloved. It's the roots. But the child, without knowing the bigger picture of what a plant truly is, would not know that. Mm -hmm. So knowing and, and being able to get a bigger picture 
with the facts that you've collected will lead you to a better understanding of what it is that you're mentally trying to bring in. Wisdom from the soul, a lot of times, if you're not emotionally prepared to uh, receive it, will mean absolutely nothing mm-hmm. to you. Many times you would read a spiritual book, and unless you are emotionally prepared, which means that you released a lot of judgment, judgmental thinking and judgmental feeling, the less you judge your, your emotions, the more attuned they will be to the wisdom that your soul will bring you. And when that happens, then true understanding is found in a balancing within the heart. I agree. Understanding, and I think most people understand that. Understanding means you you comprehend something. And if you don't comprehend things, I don't know how you can move forward. It's a weird situation, but I notice more and more in our education system, it's gone from remember, reiterate, and just repeat, no understanding, to we're not even going to do that anymore because we don't want to have any understanding of any of that. We believe it's this, and people are not willing to look at something else. And the obvious one is in schools when it comes to biblical sayings where people are insisting they don't want schools to teach anything that the earth is over 6,000 years old or 5,000 or whatever and so on and so forth. I would say that that shows a total lack of understanding. And we should let children explore and ask questions and move for themselves, which is something we rarely do. And lucky even to find it in the home. We always want to control what our children think. Uh And that is probably one of the biggest dangers we ever force on our children is demanding that they think how you do and what you say is true, no matter what they hear. Uh That's ignorance. And as I said, in understanding, the opposite is ignorance in all its forms. Well, I believe that understanding comes from being inquisitive and asking those questions. I mean, if we look at children, they are so bright-eyed and just full of questions Mm -hmm. that sometimes seem really weird to many of us because we already understand what it is they're asking about. But I love the innocence of the Inquisition Mm -hmm. and those questions. And I think... As adults and as human beings, we tend to ask less questions. We read, reiterate, listen, reiterate, and we don't ask any questions. We just, oh, I heard that, I took from that this, therefore I move forward on this basis. Mm -hmm. Instead of really digging a little bit deeper and inquiring, and that's our human nature, to inquire, and yet somehow, as we've gotten older, we squashed it because kids do it all the time. Remember the, I mean, you hear about the terrible twos and the why, why, why. (laughs) And we as adults never ask anything. We just, oh, heard that, therefore I'll react accordingly or not. Yeah, and I think that has a lot to do with the education system. Once (laughs) once children get into school, that gets quickly hurried out of them. Don't ask questions. And well, that, that's yeah, and that's a dangerous thing. When you stop being inquisitive, because as I said, understanding comes from seeking a bigger picture, right? Always mm-hmm. looking towards something that your collection of facts will fit into, but that is much bigger than what those little facts in and of themselves contain. Many times you've heard that statement: that the sum is more. What is some, it? The sum of the parts is greater than the whole. 
the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah, That's either way. Yeah. 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 And this is exactly the type of attitude you need to have in order to develop the ability of understanding anything. Mm-hmm. is to always be seeking the bigger picture. At least that's my view. I agree with you, but I also think that you said, you know, people have their list of facts. Quite often, they're not even facts. Mm-hmm. And so they're building a list of so-called facts. That, as Cameron mm-hmm. said, they're not even investigating further to find out if they're facts or not. And then mm-hmm. they put all these things together, make up an imagined reality, because half of what they think is true is not. Right. And then they go on their own merry way with that. And I'm going, ooh. <laughs> yeah. and, and that tends to be emotional roller coaster too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. This is, I think also this is also where intuition becomes very important. If you develop the ability of your intuitive mind, the intuition which directly connects to the wisdom of the soul. Mm-hmm. So when you develop your intuition, the soul, for instance, is har- harbors or lives within the fifth dimension. So it is far beyond what we here in the third dimension and the first density can actually perceive. Many people can begin to sense what it might be like to live in second density in the fifth dimension. And this is what most of our spiritual, our new age spirituality is trying to prepare the human race for. Mm-hmm. So it, it is a bigger picture. It's it's a jump that traverses a chasm that there's no physical possible way to cross this chasm. So it's an how, – how do I put this? It's a leap of faith in one sense because you're jumping into a much bigger, a much larger picture that you don't possibly have all the answers to or the understanding of the vision of. Usually, it would require a certain amount of time for you to integrate all of the wisdoms that can come through intuition. But the more you do that, the bigger the picture you will understand of just what living in the fifth dimension is going to be like. Well, the interesting thing there on how people think and understanding is because we have been so trained not to think and not to have real understanding that people have moved to the point now of not wanting to understand. Just tell me the answer. But they don't even understand the answer because someone can give them the answer, but unless they have the ability to put everything together, even in some fashion. It's still nonsensical. It's still nonsensical. It's sad that we've moved society so much to the point where they are not thinking things through with curiosity. You said it, I think, first, Karen, was with children. And I'll give another quote because I had so many and I didn't give them all. But Douglas Adams said something very interesting. He said on understanding, he said, you don't understand that we need to be childish in order to understand. Only a child sees things with perfect clarity because it hasn't developed all those filters which prevent us from seeing things that we don't expect to see. And that's an important statement because... People who don't have understanding and have made up their mind on all these false facts won't even see what's real right in front of them. Mm-hmm. They and don't even know key. it's there. Mm-hmm. I think that's key, Martin, because I think as we grow up, we we talk about understanding as being a willingness to have a whole lot of emotions around compassion, empathy. You know, I understand how you feel, all of those kinds of things. But I think when it gets to the crux of the matter, it's, do you really understand what people are saying? And I think oftentimes, we, as we grow up, we put all of these parameters around us, all of these judgments 
all of these preconceived ideas, all of these past experiences, mm-hmm. and we color everything. And it's just, oh, wow. I wonder if when someone speaks, if everyone hears the same thing. Oh, they don't. No. No. They, they don't. don't. No, absolutely. And that's, that's a big issue with regards to judgments, for instance. In order to develop clean, clear understanding, this is one of the reasons why people embrace meditation. It's like the archer who's got a bow and is positioned, or he's got the arrow and he's, he's positioning it in the bow. Well, as he is pulling the string back with the arrow, this is the act of bringing the whole instrument, the arrow and the bow, to a point of complete stillness where you cannot bring it back any further. In meditation, this is what you're trying to do with regards to stilling the mind. Right. When you enter, the, when you first enter meditation, you've got mind child going all crazy and it's got oh, yeah. thoughts of yesterday, thoughts of today. You know, something pissed me off today. What you're attempting to do, however, is to be able to still the mind to that point. It's similar to where the outstretched bow is and can go no further. That is the still point within the mind. When you release the arrow. That's where the most power comes from. So in a sense, a stilled mind will bring you the most powerful understanding possibly. And this is where you have no other judgments that are coming in to obscure your understanding. Your understanding is keen and it's, it's clean and it's clear because you have released all of the mind child's abilities. So understanding the development of it is, in essence, a form of, for me, is like meditation, where you can actually bring the mind into clean and singular focus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I actually think that when I think about meditation, and I, I do it frequently, probably not as frequently as I used to, but frequently, and I think that when we talk about making the mind quiet and that mind chatter, I actually believe that meditation, my mind never gets quiet because I don't believe any mind ever gets quiet, but it becomes very allowing. It becomes very ebb and flow so that noise does not create distraction. It just floats around, if that makes any sense at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're all Open to all possibilities. Yes. Yeah, and I think that's what creates that meditation. Even my form of meditation where it's not necessarily – because you're right, Karen. In a sense, when you try to stop the mind chatter, you're judging it. Yeah. And with the judgments, yes. there are ramifications with judgments. Yes. So for my style of meditation, it's allowing the thought and traveling with the thought until it comes to another thought and allowing myself – to follow that thought openly and allowingly. And for me, when I do that, thought after thought, eventually, it's almost like the train of sparks that go from one neuron to the next comes to a point where there is no more opportunity for it to jump to a new neuron or whatever. And right. this is my still point in my mind, and I simply wait. And Agreed. usually, it's, it's at those points that inspiration comes. Agreed. That's exactly the process for me, Ron. It's You, you see all these things jumping in and mm-hmm. when I try when I first started meditation I would try to stop them it's like oh stop stop 
Don't oh, and then you, and then you criticize yourself for thinking. Yeah, and it's like, oh, this is way too stressful. Yeah. But when you just allow everything, I, I kind of look at it as a, almost like a river, and everything just floats in, and just go with the ebb and flow. And if it moves you to follow that thought, follow that thought for as long as you need to follow that thought. Mm-hmm. And then move to the next thought. And you're right. And then stillness does become. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's the, it's the stillness point that you're wishing to come from because then you have a clear mind with which to analyze all of the facts that you have. And with that ability, then understanding what those facts could potentially mean and the intuition that you're trying to get from the soul comes through in a much cleaner fashion. And therefore, oh. you can move forward in a much more accurate fashion. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I know when I first started meditating, I would force feed it, mm. <laughs> yeah. for lack of a better word. Yeah. But it'd be like, stop, stop. Help me to like focus on this, and then I'll understand this. Oh, and, and then the yeah, judgment, there was no understanding. Do it. I, you know, I can't. I, it's just impossible for me to do this. I can't. Yeah. And, and then you give in to that, and then you give in to that instead. I and there was no I, understanding. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So in one sense, as I've said, understanding is a tool of being able to allow your intuitive mind to connect to your soul to bring you a bigger picture. But that's only half of it. Martin, you had also said that there's the emotional side of it as well. Because mm-hmm. if the emotional side is still held in judgments, if there is still emotional garbage that is wanting to get acceptance Mm -hmm. because there are judgments in the past that you can't see, you still are going to be reacting and it will color your understanding with that as well. So there has to be a balance between spirit and will for unconditional love to come into play. And with that, then true understanding, authentic understanding, it comes into play. And I said earlier in, in, in other programs, it also enhances your discernment ability, your ability to discern things. Well, I also think that understanding becomes much more difficult in many cases or in many ways when there is an emotional attachment. <laughs> Without emotional attachment, I find that understanding often comes fairly naturally but when there's emotions attached to it there becomes that other baggage ron that you just spoke about Mm -hmm. and i think that colors our ability to discern what's fact what's fiction as you said martin Mm -hmm. what's reality what's fake all of those kinds of things and i think that's where oftentimes both business and personal relationships have a flaw because once there is that emotional attachment, whether it be I'm afraid to get fired or I really want my job or whatever it happens to be or I really care about this person, it starts to then sort of manifest in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't mean to be a stickler here, but I I would tend to label those emotions that you're talking about as negative emotions. These are the oh, emotions for sure. that still hold the judgments. If you had resolved all of your emotional negativity and you were in a constant state of joy, joy with inspiration would give you the clearest understanding of everything. Oh, absolutely. The one thing I want to say about understanding, whether it's emotional understanding or any other type of understanding, you can understand something and have comprehension of as to how to hammer works. That's one thing. Right. But when it comes to 
personal internal mechanisms and energies and understanding. I always will go back to, and I think Ron first brought it up, was if it's not bringing you joy, so if something is there and it's not joyful, that's when you have to look at it and gain understanding. And I think negative emotions are a prime example of that. Mm -hmm. But it goes to many things. And I always say that joy is the signpost that you're on the right path to get things sorted. Because as you do move through understanding and bringing up your emotions and clearing them out and seeing where they're coming from, you will have more joy. And as you have more joy in your life, then when you get to the point where there's virtually nothing that doesn't bring you joy, I would say you have then a very good understanding of who you are and what you are. It's interesting that they all sort of tie in so well together. Joy is one of those things that is that signpost. Absolutely and agree. Absolutely agree. The <laughs> other thing I said in my introduction, which I want to get into, is without understanding, you will not move into unity with people. Unity, as we know, is very important on many fronts. And I might as well mention it now. It's next week's expression of love is unity. So I won't get into <laughs> it in any depth. But without understanding, I don't believe you can move into unity in all things. I would agree. Understanding, the whole premise of understanding is the releasing of judgments in the first place. Oh, because yes. judge, a judgment in and of itself says this is the way it is and it's not going to change. Yeah. This does not bode well for a development towards further understanding. Right. So if you are judgmental, the number of judgments you hold is always a reflection of just how fearful you are. And if you are judgmental and fearful, your conclusion with regards to the facts that you've accumulated will be completely skewed mm -hmm. and will be based on fear of those judgments and not wanting to go into them, not wanting them to repeat again. And so your course of action based on understanding when understanding is completely clouded with judgments is not true understanding at all. It's, it's going to lead you down a repetitive path that will never get you any further ahead on your spiritual path. Yeah. Right. Humanity, you know, we always tout that we want to have peace and harmony on this earth and freedom for all. But peace and harmony and freedom are not possible in the slightest if you have no understanding and hold judgments. Mm -hmm. it, just, mm -hmm. it just won't happen. So if you do truly want to head there and you think that should be one of the goals of humanity, then yes, you have to have understanding of other people. Whether they believe they're your enemy or not, it's like that quote I said by Dostoevsky, Nothing is easier than to denounce the evildoer, and nothing is more difficult than to understand them. Mm -hmm. And that's true, because everyone comes from a place of what they believe is right in their mind. Mm -hmm. And unless you understand where they're coming from, you can never solve the situation. We got into that a bit with Susan DeSensi in the interview last week. We talked about prisons. Right. And we talked about people doing things and having things happen in their life that led them down a path that they're not happy with either. We can't correct the root cause of those things unless we understand where they're coming from. And then uh -huh. once you do that, you can begin to understand where you have to go with that person and you can bring unity and you can stop all crime and all of these things from happening if we just had full understanding and knew what to do earlier rather than, oh, the crime's committed, throw them in jail. That's like shutting the barn door when the horses have run out. 
it doesn't work. <laughs> the whole problem of judgments can really throw a monkey wrench into the whole understanding bit. I look at terrorism, for instance, in the world, trying to understand the terrorists in order to be able to move beyond it is not something that our governments readily embrace. A lot of times you always hear, we don't negotiate, we don't talk to terrorists, we don't negotiate. So they immediately, with that judgment, shut down any kind of a development that could possibly lead to a resolution. Now, the principle or the primary point of action with regards to understanding is always with the self. You have to work internally on your ability to understand yourself before you can face a situation like if, if the terrorist is he's standing there, he's strapped to the gills with all of these bombs and he's got his, his thumb on the trigger and he's threatening. This might not be the appropriate moment to try to understand where he's coming from, yeah. although it might help. Mm. But if you've allowed the blocking of understanding to come to the point where the reaction of this blockage is manifesting in that type of situation where you're dealing with the gap in somebody. That could be very, very dangerous. But in order to prevent that from happening, you have to have the courage to be able to go in and begin to forgive yourself to remove the judgments that you have so that you yourself can then embrace a bigger understanding. Mm -hmm. This is where the route to resolving the problems in the world lies. It's not confronting the problem head on with a hammer that over the terrorist's head saying, don't touch that thing or I'll knock you silly. At that point, he's not willing to negotiate. Mm -hmm. Well, and quite well, often… Sorry, Karen. Quite often, one of the things that comes up in all of these instances is history. People have a emotional tie to something that happened to their people or them in history. And they mass things in their mind that what you did to my ancestors was hideous, and it may have very well been so. The question there is, they always say what you have done. The misunderstanding there is that I didn't do that five generations ago to your ancestors. Yes, maybe some of my ancestors did. But to really bring understanding, that's why people always say that it does help, but it's not the end result, to always <laughs> apologize for those things occurring. And you're seeing that a bit more in the world, where they're, they're saying, yes, we regret that this occurred, and we recognize it as being a horrible thing, and we will admit that and try and move forward. That, this is that is and for, yeah it is and that is a result of the collective people themselves doing the work of self forgiveness. Mm -hmm. They are the and and forgiveness is huge when it comes to developing a cleaner understanding. Simply because you're removing the judgments, as I said, judgments will not allow the development of understanding because it says because this happened in the past it'll never change and therefore i have to do everything i can to prevent any movement towards this mm -hmm. so judgment removal is what is needed for the development of understanding to occur right and you were going to say karen before i rudely interrupted you no no that's fine i, <laughs> I think that understanding also creates a feeling of healing in that you're accepting of some things. It doesn't mean you condone things. It just means that you understand. You're looking at them holistically. As you said, Martin, when we think about in terms of terrorists and what they did from generations before us, we are not responsible, but we are culpable. 
if we continue down the same path. So there has to be some sort of understanding that we can have a conversation about how this might be different. Yeah, because if you look at the past, and yeah, we're, we weren't there and we weren't responsible, but if you're right. denying it, right, then that just makes the situation worse. Yeah, and, and the clear injury. understanding is there, it happened. Can we not look at it honestly from a center of love and say, yes, that happened. It was a horrible thing. What can we do to move forward? And it should not happen again. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But emotional acceptance is a little bit dif- different than mental acceptance. Mm-hmm. And emotional acceptance, that is the most difficult for people because they don't like to feel those negative emotions once again. And they'll do anything to avoid having to go back there and feel them again. Yeah. But then sometimes you have to feel those negative emotions to understand right. what the judgment is that's behind it. On the adverse side, there's people who, because their people were treated poorly in history, will never forgive that, and they will not move forward either. So you got one side that's denying it and doesn't want to look at it, and you got the other yeah. side that's just living it all the time because they can't get it out of their mind. And, and the two clash horribly, of course. Thank goodness we're at the end of an era where all of this separation and fragmentation and the continuing things to happen over and over. How many wars do we have to have before we understand that war is not an answer if you want peace? Yeah, we're still not emotionally healing ourselves enough to truly grasp with a clean understanding just exactly what those judgments are and what the fear is behind it. Because there's usually a fear. There's a lot of times there's rage that that Mm -hmm. will come up for people, and rage is a little easier than terror because terror means that you're taking responsibility for it. Whereas rage, you rage at something because you feel that you've been victimized. And the light of rage, which we've confused to be the, the wisdom of God, which it is not, is vengeful and it, and it wants to elicit the pain. You know, and that's what we've been doing over and over and over again. We've been flipping sides, but we're only expressing rage rather than allowing ourselves to say, hey, rage, that's just the surface thing. There's something underneath the rage that is preventing me from taking responsibility. Mm-hmm. And that's the terror. What yes. exactly is that all about? Yes. We're a funny lot sometimes, humans. <laughs> you think? Yeah. The other word that comes in, of course, with understanding is it's tied closely with it is awareness. Awareness and understanding together can move us to solving most of these problems if we care to look. As you said, Ron, we have emotional blockages that we have to clear out first. But that is, is they can only be cleared out with awareness and understanding as yeah. well. And, and, so. we, and we tend to heal and the courage to embrace them when those terrible feelings come up and the rage comes up. A lot of times, just the idea of sitting with it mm-hmm. is abhorrent to most people. They, you know, they have to get it off. They, you know, deny, 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 and not recognizing that the denial of it, because they think that rage, for instance, might not be spiritually, you know, a spiritual reaction. They will end up denying it. Well, I'm beginning to understand that the more you deny something, the deeper it gets. And like an onion, you'll have to go through various layers before you'll find the, the final kernel because you continue to bury it over from one experience to the next. Yeah. So awareness is wonderful key and joins beautifully with the concept of understanding. Mm-hmm. I understand huh, that <laughs> understanding itself can be very difficult mm-hmm. because 
going back to education again, whether it's through schools or our religions or parents or whomever community, we get taught things that we're told are true, and yet they're not. And we hang on to those for dear life. But I always under, want to understand, why do people do that type of thing? I'll go to a different type of case. I have a friend who will remain nameless, who is very experience-based. They haven't experienced it. It is not real. You can have a million stories of people seeing ghosts and deceased friends and relatives and everything else because they've never experienced, oh, it's just a delusion in their mind. It's all fake. I look at that type of thing and go, really? Do you really move into such a lack of understanding that you won't even open up to that in the slightest? And there's so many people that do that. Well, I think, Martin, yeah, that's a really great example because I think that if people understood how interconnected we all were and Mm -hmm. are, then they would understand that others' experiences get to be part of our own. Yes. And therefore, we can move through them with their experiences. We don't have to live every tragedy or every joy, whatever happens to be, Mm. without feeling it. I guess Mm -hmm. the question is, why do people move to a point where they don't want to accept something because they can't understand it. In other words, it's easier not to even give it a possibility flavor. It's easier just to deny it altogether and move on. And I don't understand why the people believe or have been brought to the point where they think that's better. My feeling is that they probably feel that even if they were to look at it, it would be futile. The concept of futility that nothing will ever, ever change. Mm. will often, in my mind, short-circuit people into thinking, well, if nothing will ever change, I'm not even going to go and visit that then. Yeah, but what do you mean it won't change? Where are they going with it? Probably because... Experience something traumatic, you mean? Yeah, they continue to experience something traumatic because they have a judgment against something they're not willing to look at. There's a judgment behind it that they're not willing to concede to, and usually it's because they think that the reason for it falls on their shoulders, they feel they probably won't live the self-recrimination that they would go through. The the self-blame is horrific for them. And many and many people feel that it's not even possible to survive the, the feeling of recognizing when you've you know you've caused somebody to die, for instance. Many people would probably not want to willingly acknowledge that and would have a tendency to want to bury that idea. They hold that judgment against themselves. Again, it's all judgments against yourself. And this is why self-forgiveness and your ability to release your judgments yourself will only be positive when it comes to developing your ability for clarity in understanding. Mm-hmm. When you have, you're have, you full of judgments, you're coming from an understanding based on the judgments, not upon the truth. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I understand that, Ron. But back to Martin's question about his friend who, if it's not something they've experienced, then it cannot be true. I've met many people like that, actually. I'm just using him yeah. as an example. So. The thought process around that, I'm a little curious. I I don't know if it's just... um, I think it's because they're a person that only likes what what they would call fact, but they don't even recognize that what they call fact isn't even fact half the time. No, it's what they've been taught. Yeah, that if it's not in a book and it hasn't been written about and tested 16 times, then it just isn't true. But that's Mm -hmm. the scientific mind. They tend to go there a lot of the time, not all scientists, but a lot of them. 
it's like the person who is adamant that the earth is only 6,000 years old. Yeah. If he was to allow himself away from that idea, usually when you hold on to an idea so strongly, there is a life or death ideology or thinking that comes with the judgment. It's like it's either them or me type of situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is a belief that is very, very strong. But again, it's based on a judgment that's not real. Well, very low self-esteem. Because yes. if they don't get power from this, where are they going to get any power from? That's another one. There's a, there are a myriad number of judgments yeah. that can get people to avoid cognitive dissonance, mm. to avoid having to look at something. There's always the terror there of taking responsibility for being at cause. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that as we move forward, obviously awareness is expanding. And I think as awareness expands, there is a natural progression to having a larger understanding. Mm -hmm. And I think our expanding awareness in the world today will bring more understanding. And and our expanding awareness is as a result of people actually doing the work of clearing their own judgments. Mm -hmm. Because without the clearing of their own judgments, a new understanding could never have come in place of it. It's like like the concept of the, the master is pouring tea into the cup mm. and begins to overflow and the student looks says enough enough you can't put anything more in it and the reason for that is because we're so full of self-judgments that there is no more room left for a bigger understanding that's an interesting thought too and one of the pieces that comes up on awareness and understanding as we expand is that we will get more of it but i read an interesting article the other day that said science is finally turning its eye to spiritual matters mm-hmm. and they're beginning to study them and they're beginning mm-hmm. to look at them and they're be- beginning to understand that they're real they're beginning to blend the two together i thought for once you know it's an old history piece that religion and science agreed to take their own route and never the twain shall meet and exactly. historically that's the way it's been set out for a lot of time in our history that was not just a, an interesting thought. It was the rule. Mm-hmm. And that if you cross that line, you could be put to death over. Oh, goodness, yes. And just how big that rule is, when the third seeding of man occurred 79,000 years ago, the first civilization that came forward was Lemuria. Well, Lemuria is very will-centered and very emotion-based. Lemuria attempted to try to heal itself without the spirit, mm. and it failed. The next civilization in line was Atlantis, and they were very spiritual. They were very mental, but they also had a judgment against their emotions. And so they attempted to do what Lemuria had tried to do and tried to develop separate from the other. Right. And Atlantis fell. So we're finally beginning to understand that, and this is where science and religion come in in the same way, is that if we're going to find unity consciousness, we have to wed the two together. Mm -hmm. Somehow there's an ideology and a whole and a science that embraces God. Mm -hmm. Interesting story that this same friend gave to me. He said there was this biology teacher, and he gave me the video, and he was a professor at some university. And he said, you know, I don't believe in God, or I don't believe any of this stuff, and it's all just made up. And he said, you know, if Jesus did come back tomorrow and there was a 60-foot Jesus going down the streets and smiting people, he said, I still wouldn't believe it. I'd run out and see if I could get a blood sample to see what it really is. So, in other words, he was saying he was closed-minded. 
no matter what happened or what he saw, he wouldn't believe it. Okay. And I'm going, that is, that's not being a scientist, that's being the and, reverse. <laughs> yeah, and it's the scientist who looks at religion as being the basis for spirituality is doing themselves a complete disfavor. They're, they're completely ignorant with regards to what true spirituality is. Religious spirituality has originally the religions where they, they came forward, I believe, had good intent. Mm. But after eons and even years and hundreds of years later, the, the ideologies began to be dogmatically changed and the religions lost their ability to uh, elicit vision because, again, the religion without spirit is blind. Yeah. Religions, on that end, I'd say that scientist was being blind and not being open. But that's exactly, as much as they like to point at science and say how flawed it is, that's exactly mm -hmm. the same flaw that's found in a lot of religions. So it's encouraging to me, Martin, when you say certain scientists are beginning to incorporate a spiritualism in their thinking, mm -hmm. because this is what is needed on the spiritual side. The spirit has to begin to embrace scientific understanding, because the scientific understanding can bring them a bigger picture yes. than the narrow-minded picture that religion usually has a tendency to project. Well, you know, and I find it interesting because having grown up Roman Catholic, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. and yet we term the Roman Catholic as religion, and yet where's the spirituality in there? And yet it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Oh, I know. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> like, at what point in time do we start to embrace it all very in a very fulsome way mm -hmm. that says, hey, you know what? I can have my foundational stuff and I can also be true to my soul and my spirit because mm -hmm. we're all one and mm -hmm. we're all interconnected. But until that day happens, we have so many different religions and races and people that still don't seem to get along, and I don't mm -hmm. understand that. Mm -hmm. It's it's like I, I love when scientists, you know, they talk. They're beginning to explore dimensions and densities and give a depth of understanding to the universe. And yet, when you hear about religions, the only thing they will talk about dimensions and densities and moving up towards is heaven. Mm -hmm. They say we're going to heaven. Mm -hmm. I used to drive them crazy. What is heaven? Mm -hmm. I would ask them. Where is it? What does it, what, what is it? And they would say, oh, I don't know. And you shouldn't ask any of these, these questions that you don't ask, don't ask because I don't know. Right. And it's like, this is the end of intellectual understanding. Mm -hmm. Yes, there is more out there than can be found in a few books. Now, mm -hmm. having said that, there's a lot of wisdom in those few books, but it is not the end all be all. Mm -hmm. And that's what people don't understand. Even the Bible says that to not seek knowledge is to be brutish, and that if we were to know everything, the earth couldn't possibly hold the volumes. Now, I don't profess to know what happens after I'm gone. I don't. I have a belief, but, you know, to each his own. How does one then take what we're doing in our society today and say, okay, this is what I'm going to do until the day I die? Mm. Well, okay, what are you doing? And what does that look like? So, for example, when we talk about understanding, are you understanding of the person beside you? 
Are you understanding when you're stuck in a traffic jam? Yeah. Oh, talk about road rage. Mm-hmm. Are you understanding when you're boarding a train? Mm-hmm. Egosh. Like all the things I think about in today's society mm-hmm. where we can use these practices and are we using them to their fullest? No. <laughs> That's a simple answer. <laughs> yeah, no. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting because understanding and awareness as it grows will move you and move us, sorry, to that point of peace and harmony, mm. which we all profess we want to eventually hit. Mm-hmm. And as you said, what happens with road rage? What happens with that person mm-hmm. that's you know butted in line in front of you or whatever is occurring? If you don't have any awareness and understanding about people and why they may do certain things, it, it doesn't mean you have to do what they do. Understanding means you understand where they're coming from right. and you have acceptance. It's interesting that people just don't have acceptance anymore. Uh-uh. And acceptance only comes with understanding. And the courage to forgive and allow. Mm-hmm. Well, and remember, gentlemen, that we've become a society of instantaneous gratification. Yes. Oh, yes. So, therefore, all the things that we speak about, understanding doesn't come in 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. No. Acceptance doesn't come in 20 seconds. No. Everything takes time. And we are a, a society of, I want it and I want it now. Yes. yes, absolutely. They and want also, the answer. Mm-hmm. And yet the answer and get, is meaningless. And they get and they become impatient when it's not there at their fingertips. And because it's not there at their fingertips, then this method of attaining this must be false. And, and then they, they go from one thing to the next to the next, one religion to the next to the next. They don't have the patience to stick with any one thing long enough to see if it's going to work. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because I think of modern day times and because we're so instantaneous and so unforgiving and so lack of understanding. I wonder if anyone remembers back to, I'm going to say 10, 15 years ago, you would walk into a grocery store and there would be 15 or 20 people in every line. Mm-hmm. And you would just expect to line up. Mm-hmm. Now, if there's three people, watch the third person stomping their foot. <laughs> oh, yeah. And on the line, it's like, really? Like, 10 years ago, this is how we did it, people. We had a light-up. <laughs> the Loblaws down here, the day after a holiday, is atrocious for the lineups. You could mm. be in a lineup twice as long as it takes you to collect all of what you want. But it's it's what we, we know, and yet we forgot very, very quickly. Yeah. yeah. It's like, no, if I go to the express counter, I expect to, I expect to be express right out. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And the lack of understanding there is that you can get there and you can fume and you can stress and you can stamp your foot and everything else. But where's the understanding that that's just charming you? It's not going to change anything. Exactly. I want to sit in your basket and, and meditate while you're in the lineup. <laughs> you may want to meet the neighbor in the line, the person ahead of you and the person behind you. You might want to say, hi, how are you? That's a good thing. What's new? What's going on? Like, that's what we did 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Usually, though, those initial conversations are basically to complain about how long you've been standing there. 
Well, at least it builds uh, unity and camaraderie could, in that sense. Yeah, it could develop from that, though, yeah. is what I'm saying. You know? I just I just think that we've, we've gotten so used to everything happening. Like, you can do an e-transfer of money. You don't even have to go to a bank. You don't do anything. You yeah. can shop online. You can order it, and it's delivered. So for any people waiting in a line or doing anything like that is like, oh, this is just trying my patience. Mm-hmm. Instead of understanding that there's an entire community in that store with you. Yeah. Why not chat with them? Mm-hmm. Why not have a conversation? I mean, I, I do this every so often, not all the time, but every so often I'll chat up somebody in the line. Mm-hmm. And oh, oh my yeah. goodness, probably one of the greatest conversations I'll have that day. Yeah, I do it now. And I'm years. like, yeah, it's like, huh. That was really cool. And I bet you I bet you don't even guess how quickly the time goes at that point because you're not even focusing on the time. Well, exactly. We definitely don't know how ta- quickly the time goes because we are down to the last I bit don't. of the program. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so very good. Um, there's an um. I love ums. <laughs> so understanding. I hope everyone takes on the said to heart and thinks about it and adds their own things to their understanding of understanding. We have really only brushed the surface of understanding. It is a very broad topic, and it does cross many of the lines uh, that also have to do with the expressions of love. Remember that understanding leads you to personal expansion and leads you to a change of your view of the world and life. And it's the only way you will move forward into your higher self. Understanding, as we mentioned on a few pieces, may be hard to deal with. There's a lot of stress that comes with moving to understanding because we have our own judgments that we don't wish to remove. And that can be very, very difficult. That's understandable. And that's one of the reasons we brought up a lot of pieces that a lot of people would find very difficult. So with that, I would love to hear your comments on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash Sovereign Self. And beyond that, I wish everyone an absolutely fabulous week. Yes, have a wonderful week, everyone. Well, I want to say I understood one thing tonight. Mm -hmm. That at the end of the show, it's the end of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Have a wonderful week, folks. Thank you for listening to The Sovereign Self. We will be back with another show that will celebrate the beauty and perseverance of you and your sovereign self. If you would like more information or to send questions to Martin, Karen or Ron, please go to their Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash sovereign self. See you next week.